Hello, and welcome back to the In Our Network podcast, where I sit down with women that are leading the charge in their industry. We have inspiring conversations that uncover how each guest has navigated their career. In today's episode, I'm excited to be joined by Stacey Grace. She's the founder of Kent, a 100% organic, plant-based, and compostable underwear brand. Stacey turned to her Canadian roots in backyard gardening and composting, inspiring her to design simpler underwear options that are made from natural materials. Stacey and I talk about the benefits of wearing a 100% organic cotton underwear, how to shop consciously the next time you're in a department store, and how synthetic fabrics affect our bodies. As always, I'll be leaving all of her links in the show notes, but in the meantime, I hope you enjoy the episode. Hi, Stacey. Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. Thanks so much for having me. Excited to be here. I'm so excited to have you on to talk about all things Kent. But before we get started, I always love to ask what you're most looking forward to this week. Well, I'm actually going back to Canada for the first time in two and a half years to visit family. Um, So getting ready for that on Sunday. That's so exciting. Where are you headed? Toronto. Okay, nice. I was living in Toronto for a few years. Um, Whereabouts in Toronto are you going? So I, my family's just outside, like east of the city, but I'll be spending some time like downtown proper and on Niagara on the Lake, going to some wineries and Ottawa for a little bit too. It's going to be a a busy two weeks. Oh my gosh. That's so exciting. There's this, um, outdoor like barbecue place on Niagara on the Lake. I'll have to give you the name if you're into that, but yeah, that's so exciting. Yes, it's been a long time uh, since being back home. So yeah. even though I live in LA now, LA is <laughs> home, but um, growing up there, it always feels like there's a piece of me in Canada. So yeah, there's no place like home, definitely. Well, you know, let's dive right into like the whole conversation because I have so much I want to talk to you about and pick your brain about. But before we get started, are you able to do a quick intro of yourself and your personal background? Yes. So my name is Stacy Grace. I just got married, so I'm getting used to my last name. <laughs> but um, I am a Canadian living in Los Angeles. I'm the founder of Kent, a supernatural basics brand uh, focused on organic and compostable underwear. I have worked across a variety of different sectors in fashion, wine, architecture, urban design, all with a through line with sustainability or sustainable business and um, elevated design in a certain way. So I've landed here. I've been in LA for six years now, um, but have lived in the UK, in Denmark, Canada, and yeah, now seeing what LA has to offer for the past couple of years, six years now. <laughs> I love that. Um, you mentioned as well, you know, throughout your past career moves, it's always been a focus on sustainability. Was that what you went to school for as well? Like, did you always know even 
back when you were in school, that sustainability is something that you wanted to focus on? Well, when I did my undergrad, sustainability wasn't really a term yet. Um, I'm a little bit older than when courses, sustainable courses were offered. Um, So I did my undergrad in business. And then when I did my master's in London um, in fashion marketing, this idea of sustainable fashion was like rising up in London. And I just absolutely loved the ethos behind this industry shift that was happening. And so even though my studies weren't squarely focused on sustainability, I injected it into each of my projects. And um, my thesis was focused on sustainability and luxury branding. So I kind of made it a focal point, even though it wasn't necessarily a curriculum uh, topic. I did end up going back to school again after that to solidify my educational training in sustainable business. So I did like another post-grad in that while I was working. Um, But I just feel like the field is constantly evolving. It's such an innovative space to be in regardless of industry that things are changing fast and it's, I feel like I'm in a constant learning curve, which is exciting because I feel I love school and I love learning new things. (laughs) It's a constant challenge. Yeah, no, it's definitely evolving. And I, you, you make a good point at, at the fact that back then, like, you know, sustainability was still kind of on the rise. It was still evolving and still to this day is evolving. What was your last position before you started Kent? And at what point did you realize you wanted to start focusing on doing that full time? Um, So I will say I do have a full time job as well. So this is kind of still my side hustle, which is a lot to manage, but you get very, um, you get very um, used to being efficient with your time. So we launched uh, Kent about three and a half years ago, and it was really after identifying a gap in the market, having the right people that I was surrounded by from a product development standpoint where I'm not doing the cutting and sewing. It's not Mm -hmm. my forte, um, but finding the right people who are amazing at it, um, especially in Los Angeles, the manufacturing sector has started to come back a little bit, even though it's nowhere near where it was 20 years ago. So I think after getting our handle on the business years ago, we were adopted into different retail stores. So we started out as a wholesale business, mostly independent specialty boutiques. And then we did launch with the Bay in Toronto, which was exciting. That's so exciting. Uh, We launched with Gallery Lafayette for a pop-up in Paris and Selfridges in London for two seasons. Um, And then 2019 decided to kind of switch gears, focus the business on what we are now, which is exclusively 100% organic Pima cotton underwear and more focused on the direct-to-consumer side of things. Um, So even that in and of itself, switching the business model has been uh, a tremendous learning curve, but I get to speak to our customers and really understand what's working, what they love. 
I feel like I didn't answer your question, but (laughs) hopefully I did. (laughs) No, no, you definitely did. And I think too, I love that you have focused on more of like the direct to consumer because you are able to really tackle like those conversations. Um, Because I know the industry and we'll get to it later on, but it's a tricky kind of topic. And I know a lot of women like navigate it differently. So I love that Kent is able to not only provide those really great products, but also provide the education piece behind it. When you did start Kent at the very beginning and now as well, what has been the main focus and goal for you? I'd say our focus has been twofold. Well, our our mission right now, we've formulated it as something clearer than I would describe before, but I feel like it's an eloquent way to say is our mission is to save the earth one supernatural basic at a time. And the reason I love that is obviously it's very big and lofty, but the mission of the company is so baked into the end of life as well as beginning life of our products. So the earth piece and also the supernatural piece because it's better for our bodies. So I want to make products that women could look good and feel good in, but also do good. So kind of that like three pillar approach where something as simple as a pair of cotton underwear can actually have such a big impact um, when you think about everything that goes into it. And especially if you're wearing this type of garment every day. Most people I know wear underwear every day. So those things that are getting use um, so frequently can have the most impact. Yeah. I really love that mission behind Kent because even like with myself and my, my relationship with like intimates, as I've grown older, I have noticed that I've been more cautious of what I wear and the types of fabrics that I wear. When it comes to navigating the intimates industry, what was that like for you? Whether it's, you know, good experiences and bad experiences, because I feel like maybe it was like five, 10 years ago when people thought of intimates, they thought of like Victoria's Secret and they thought of like lace and super like irritating materials <laughs> and just like very cheap quality stuff. Um, so what was that like for you? It was challenging and definitely the... A part of the business that really inspired me in the beginning was that hypersexualization of women in underwear, where I thought, I don't see my, like, yes, you can wear underwear or any garment to feel a certain way. But the fact that Intimates was exclusively focused on sex and for someone else to see and look at you in versus you to feel comfortable and confident in. So, When I thought about Kent before we launched, there wasn't a lot of representation in terms of different body types or even style of underwear. It was all what you mentioned, like itchy, scratchy uh, synthetics had their heyday in the 80s and have stuck around since then because it's cheap to produce. It's super stretchy. So you can make a certain pair of underwear outfit on anybody because it can stretch so big (laughs) and they'll last for hundreds of years, which is not the intended use of underwear and kind of Mm -hmm. specifically because 
of the nature of that kind of product. So I had people, especially in the coming from the industry, hearing my idea saying, one, it's going to be so difficult for you to produce in Los Angeles. Like we, you cannot find underwear or undergarment manufacturing in LA. It took me six months, but I did. And then using a hundred percent natural fiber materials, also super hard everywhere I went. People said, you need to have some form of elastane, spandex, nylon, kind of blended in. And eventually I found our supplier in Peru and they're incredible. They do this beautiful Pima cotton um, fabric that bounces back and just like my favorite cotton ever. It took me years to find because I didn't want to come out with cotton until I found something that I absolutely loved. So it's definitely been challenging. And I think even certain customers when they see our underwear for the first time, they will think that it looks big. Like Mm -hmm. if you are used to ordering a pair of size small underwear and you see our size small, it might look bigger laying flat, but when you put it on your body, it'll fit. It's just because it doesn't have that like 10 X stretch that a conventional synthetic underwear has. So it's a little bit of a learning curve for if you're switching from super synthetic to 100% cotton. But in the end, I think everyone will just be so much happier. (laughs) Right. Well, like even I'm learning so much right now, just hearing you talk about that. Um, So I want to get into the 100% organic cotton just as a whole and the umbrella that it does bring when it comes to these types of conversations. So you mentioned some of the challenges that you faced with finding the supplier and really just making sure it's like up to par where you wanted it to be. But when we think of organic cotton and we think of that in relation to intimates, what does that mean? Or what should people know when they're picking out intimates and they're looking at fabrics and what do those different fabrics mean to you? My rule of thumb has become if you're looking to be the most comfortable in a garment, underwear, or otherwise, to choose a natural material. And the reason why is that synthetic materials tend to trap in moisture and don't let your body naturally breathe. So uh, spandex or nylon elastane, they're all petrochemical and fossil fuel based. Okay. And are essentially like wearing a plastic bag on your body where oh my it, gosh. it just doesn't allow your sweat to naturally expel. And especially with undergarments, breathability is the number one factor to prevent infection, irritation that is so common. And I experienced that growing up. I remember one story where my mom, this is kind of like, I always think back to this where I was like going out with some girlfriends swimming for the day. And I think I was like 13. And she said, Stacy, just remember to not stay in your bathing suit all day because you'll get a yeast infection. (laughs) I was like, what? And then she's like, yeah, it's because the material of a bathing suit promotes bacteria growth. And it's the same thing with our underwear. And what's really shocking is that in the U.S., and I can't kind of comment on any other countries, but 
there is a requirement to have cotton on the inside of the gusset. So like the crotch area, um, but not on the outside. So yes, you have kind of a little strip there, but beyond that, there can be just a hundred percent synthetics that are preventing pure breathability um, of your body. So yeah, I think for me, it was one, the health side where the more I talked to women about everyday underwear, I was just realizing that it wasn't me alone kind of thinking these things where I was like getting overheated or I was getting like, just like reoccurring infections. So it just becomes like an easy switch to make. And I think that's like my rule of thumb. If, if possible, get a hundred percent organic cotton underwear and even just a hundred percent cotton underwear is really hard to come by right now. And that's why I've been so excited to like bring it back. Yeah. So you mentioned too the U.S. guidelines of having the cotton in that area. Is that also 100% cotton or is that cotton with a mix of like what you were saying earlier, like elastin, et cetera? So it should be 100% cotton, but I don't think there's any enforced regulation. I'd have to look into that to see what it is. But because clothing is the one area where, I don't know, it's kind of like, I almost compare it to like the organic food movement or even the nutrition label on food where you need to know what it is that you're ingesting into your body. Um, Though clothing, you have to say what type of fabric it is and what percentage. You don't necessarily know where it is um, or what the benefits or drawbacks are for your body. So it's a really black hole, I think for a lot of people, especially because yeah, the intimate, it's just an industry where an overwhelming amount of non-natural materials are used. Yeah. But let me get back to you on that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think too, with it, like with the intimate industry, it's slowly starting to make a shift of comfort slash, you know, the materials but it, it's still what it looks like first. Like you're going to buy something based on what it looks like on the outside first versus actually looking at the fabrics, et cetera. But it's changing. And I know like a lot like myself and a lot of the a lot of my friends are a lot more cautious and find that really important. So when it comes to the benefits of 100% organic cotton, what are they? Uh, so number one is breathability. It's the most breathable fabric um, that you'll ever have on your body, um, which is the key for preventing infection. Two is it's naturally moisture wicking. So it'll take moisture away from your body rather than being restricted or trapped um, on your body, which becomes like breeding ground for infection. And it's super absorbent and cooling um, because it has that breathability um, component to it. So it will keep your body naturally cool versus uh, a plastic fiber, which retains heat. Because I know we, something that we really want to talk about and kind of touch on is the health aspect of organic cotton, because a lot of women do suffer from infections and you know, things that you wouldn't think are related to the fabric that you use, but, you know, they 
they are in a way. Um, they all kind of come together and like you said, provide that breeding ground if you're not using 100% organic cotton. So what has been your experience with that topic and how have you navigated those conversations? So I wanted to get to like the heart of it and talk to a couple of experts. And I had a conversation with an OBGYN from New York. Her name is Dr. Shirazian, and she does amazing work with women all around the world. And I asked her from a medical perspective, (laughs) what is the best material for your body? In addition to doing my own third-party research, as well as um, just one-on-one conversations with our customers, understanding their experiences with our products. And she agreed, like hands down, organic cotton is going to be the best in terms of if you have sensitive skin, if you're prone to infection and just overall levels of comfort. And one thing that we did find in our research, which she recommends, is to replace your underwear more frequently than you might otherwise do. And so- Like throughout the, like you mean throughout like the life cycle of like, you're not going to keep an underwear, like a piece of underwear for like five years? Exactly. Okay. Yeah. So if it's, if it's been like five years, chances are it's not the best underwear for your body <laughs> just because it does retain some of the like microbacteria that That's is so not gross. going to... <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm throwing out every piece of underwear <laughs> I have today. <laughs> True, true. Yes, we're, we'll be launching a recycling program, uh, which we had earlier this year. That'll be for any kind of underwear. It doesn't have to be Kent underwear, but just because we realize I had this like awakening after having conversations with my doctors and also just thinking about it, like why am I keeping this pair of underwear that either has like holes in it, the elastic might be gone. (laughs) It doesn't make me feel good. Um, I think everyone has this experience where you reach into your underwear drawer and you're either so happy because that comfy pair that you just love is clean and ready, or you have to like go through the dredges and like (laughs) wear that uncomfortable pair that you're just like, why do, do I still have this? So, so yes, I think it's like two things. One is like material choice and two is not keeping the underwear for so long, (laughs) which we're all guilty of Yeah, and it's nothing. (laughs) Yeah, no, absolutely. When it comes to the life cycle of 100% organic cotton underwear versus more of the synthetic fabric, what does the difference look like in your experience? Um, so in terms of life cycle, when it's being worn and washed um, from just like an everyday use, the washing side actually has a pretty significant impact on the environment perspective. Okay. So any fabric that has either 5% spandex blended in or 10% or more will shed microplastic fibers into our water streams. And 
it will shed millions of microfibers um, with every wash that this just naturally comes with any synthetic material, not just underwear. Mm-hmm. Um, there are solutions that have come about. There's a guppy bag that you can buy and put your plastic clothing in um, to help prevent, um, but with 100% organic cotton underwear, you don't have to worry about any of that. There's no microplastic shedding. There's no um, waste going into our waterways. And then at end of life, a synthetic pair of underwear will sit in landfill for 200 plus years um, and emit negative emissions and its degradation. Everything will eventually biodegrade. A plastic bottle will eventually biodegrade, but it still leaves a trace. There's no plastic fiber that will fully disappear. There'll always be kind of leftovers of it that pollute the planet. Whereas our briefs and specifically the entire entirety of our briefs, because even our elastic is plant-based, will compost. So if you have a compost at home, you can pop it in there and it'll turn back into soil. Or we are launching a compost take back program in October. That will be the first of its kind um, in fashion. So if you don't have access to a compost, we will take it off of your hands and compost it for you. That's awesome. And again, I'm learning so, so much from this conversation. (laughs) So I appreciate you um, diving into these topics. I want to get in a little bit more about the compost and like recycling of underwear and just intimates in general. So you know, I mentioned I was like, you know, going to throw out all my stuff and you make a good point by recycling it, of course. But what does that look like or what's the proper way to recycle? Like, do we just throw it into the recycling bin? Like, do you recommend cutting it up? Like, what does that look like? And what are the best practices to go about that? So with recycling, unfortunately, there might be changes happening in Canada, but at least in the US, there's no curbside pick up for clothing recycling. And mm-hmm. I, when I was living in the UK, I heard rumblings of that happening with shoes, but it hasn't happened since because it's such a big undertaking. You are taking in different types of clothing, different types of material. It's really complex to divide up an article of clothing that might be composed of five different material types and how do you recycle it properly? So right now it's more private individual or private organizations or brands that are offering recycling programs. So when we relaunch our compost program, we will be launching the recycling because the only underwear we can compost is Kent because no one else is compostable. But we understand that our customers will have other briefs in their drawers that they also want to kind of refresh So we'll offer that recycling program. Um, And we have a partner that we work with who's amazing um, that does textile recycling and they're well-versed and they help us kind of calculate how much pounds of waste that we've diverted to landfill and the end use ultimately of the recycling will go into things like car insulation where it's a secondary use. It's usually not a one-for-one. So a pair of underwear is not going to necessarily get recycled into another pair of underwear. It'll kind of 
downgrade slightly, but to still have a purpose. Right. Right. Yeah. That's good to know because I, I've never heard of clothing recycling ever just, you know, as I've, as I've been growing up here in Canada. So it's really interesting to know that one, there's a way to do that properly. And two, that it's something that could still use some work and, you know, can be rolled out. I'm really interested in your experience with growing Kent and the experiences that you've had in the industry when it comes to seeing other brands greenwashing and just, you know, putting claims out there of like organic, 100%, et cetera, et cetera. Like what has been your experience with that? I think everyone, every brand has kind of caught up to the idea that they need to be quote unquote sustainable and that no brand is immune to having a responsibility to what's happening to the planet or what's happening to the people, our people on the planet. So I think what we're seeing is a lot of brands having almost knee-jerk reactions to jump on the bandwagon and Mm -hmm. create a lot of capsule collections that talk about material responsible material use or zero waste when in the industry there's no regulation around terminology which makes it very dangerous for or confusing for customers who are trying to make responsible informed decisions and take what brands say at face value. But it's very difficult to kind of peel back the layers and understand how positive a brand is being. Uh, For instance, GOTS, the Global Organic Textile Standard, which um, certifies our fabric, is a really great one to know if a brand is offering organic materials. Look for the GOTS sign because that or a mention of GOTS because that will ensure it's being certified and it's also fair trade. Or if a company is a B Corp, which is a new type of corporation that is really growing in popularity, they have to go through such stringent auditing in order to get that type of certification. So I think it's becoming very popular to be green, but I always look for brands that are doing it in an authentic way and doing the hard work of communicating the backstory behind what they're doing rather than a splash in a pan capsule collection. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you make a really good point because I always I always think like looking at the actual tags of underwear and seeing that, but you can also do a lot of research on the back end before even going to the store going online. But I feel as though a lot of times people still go to mass retailers to get underwear and you're probably not going to find, I mean, yes, you can, um, but oftentimes you're probably not going to find 100% organic cotton in those mass retailers. So if you yourself you know, we're a consumer and looking for a hundred percent organic cotton. Of course, you know, we know that there's Kent and like, I'm after this, I'm going to go buy a ton of, ton of underwear, <laughs> but um, like, what would you specifically look for? Like, I know you mentioned the got symbol and the B Corp, but if you're going into a store and looking at something, what's the first thing that you're going to be looking for? I go to the materials first. Now I probably did yeah. 10 years ago because I saw a cute shirt and it looked great and I tried it on at fit and I bought it. But now I really focused on materials. And so how much polyester is in something? Is it recycled polyester? Because 
obviously we need certain materials or certain garments to be made of certain materials like activewear, I think is a really tricky one to be 100% natural. I do think it's possible. I haven't done the hard work of investigating that yet, but I think material choice is one area where you can make a difference and seeing where something is made and not saying that things made overseas are bad because I think there is an importance for having a manufacturing sector in all countries and just understanding if something is responsibly produced, which again does take more legwork on the customer side. So if you're seeing something that's made in the U S even that is it still made responsibly. So unfortunately there's only so much that brands can include on a label, but the website is a great resource. Yeah. I'd say first, first glance, what are the materials and do you feel good about those? Yeah. I love that. Um, I always love to end my podcast off with two questions. So the first is a pinch me moment that you've had throughout your career. Is there one that you recall that you can share? I will share one from my studies, actually, that just came to mind. Um, When I was doing my thesis in London, I wanted to interview top tier luxury brands that had an environmental message or investment. And Louis Vuitton at the time was speaking to certain environmental claims. And I reached out to the CMO of Louis Vuitton, and he answered me and said I could come to Paris and interview him. Oh so my gosh. I hopped on a train and went. And I can't <laughs> as, say no to that. <laughs> and for me, I think it it just shows me that I never hesitate to ask because you just never know who's going to say yes and give you the opportunity where it might seem unrealistic, but without asking, you just never know. Yeah. That's so amazing. And I love to hear that. How did that go? How did that conversation go? Great. It was like 10 minutes, but (laughs) (laughs) precious time. (laughs) He's a very busy man. Um, but it was, it was interesting. And he was very open and honest about this was in 2009. So over 10 years ago, but he was very open and honest and frank about where they were in their journey. And obviously there are leaps and bounds ahead now, but Mm -hmm. I felt like excited that I was getting involved in an industry at the like precipice of sustainability and just having those conversations early on shows that there's so much more we can do and, and so much room to grow. Yeah. Yeah. I love that one. Another one that I love to ask is advice that you've received that you continue to take with you. Um, So one thing that I've been thinking a lot about lately that I share a lot too, because it resonates with me is to not compare your beginning to someone else's middle. And I think it's so tempting. And I do this all the time is to compare myself as a really young brand. I consider ourselves we're a year into this new version of our business and I jump to see what other brands are doing when they've been at it for 10 plus years and it's so easy to get caught up in this comparison game rather than 
embracing where you're at and your journey because every business is so different. And I think it's wise to not compare yourself to others. I love that because I think that advice is something that you can take with you if you're a business or if you're just, you know, in the industry, either an undergrad or a young professional, just so many levels of life you can take that. So I appreciate you sharing that. And I really enjoyed our conversation and honestly have learned so much. (laughs) So I'm so excited to be able to share this conversation and really just share, you know, the topics that are important that women might not have realized is something that needs to be a focus in their life. Because I feel like a lot of the times intimates, like we've talked about, is such a neglected part of our life because it's something that we grab and go and, you know, go on with our day. But, you know, realistically, it's something that needs to be focused on because it's what we put on our body and it'll be there forever. So yeah, thank you so much. It was a great chat. 